The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Cappy coming up in about two or three minutes. He just oh, okay. texts me. He's at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field filming a commercial for uh, ESPN 1000. So whenever he gets those duties out of the way, he mm-hmm. will join us, and we will opine on Chicago sports with the Cap Man. Matt Poston's at the bottom of the hour on the Big 12 football and basketball. He also covers the Dallas Cowboys. Is there a Cowboys story that's percolating out there? Dak Prescott, just where he is health-wise yeah. coming back. Are they the favorite to win the NFC East? No. You don't think so? Well, probably the betting favorite. Right. Who would be your favorite? I think the Cowboys. Of course, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. You did. No, play in the Super Bowl. Mr. Cowboy, Ken Miller. Right. How'd that work out, What about the Giants? Is Jones ready to take the next step? He has to. Uh, He has to for himself, as well as (laughs) Mm -hmm. the team, because he won't be the QB there much longer. I think it's the... Cowboys defense was so bad. I know they it addressed in, uh, some of it in the offseason. Uh, I'll take the Cowboys. You'll take the Cowboys. I'm sticking to the boys. Can I have the field? Because the Giants and Washington are about the same to me. Yeah. Washington's defense mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rest they of the team. Are, especially the defensive front. Uh-huh. Um, Eagles? No, huh? Yeah. yeah. Jalen Hurts? What kind of quarterback is he going to be when he gets it full-time? I don't think he is a long-term solution. Who would you rather have, him or Drew Locke? Oh, gross. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, I can beat my chest because we haven't seen Justin Fields take a snap yet. Well, I know a lot of Bears fans are pretty pumped up about yeah. this. There was a column that was, uh, the, the Andy Dalton-Justin Fields battle began in Ernst yesterday. What a battle. Yeah, we'll see. Right, well- Oh, man, that's going to be fun. That is going what to be... What was that that just popped in? It was mind. your voice popping up there. Uh, I would rather have Drew Locke. I think you're in better shape with Drew Locke. What about Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? Ooh. Who's going to win? For this year? For this year. I think Drew Locke's going to win. Who's going to win more I... games for the Denver Broncos? Who's going to win the starting job? Two different... All right. Yes, I agree with you there. Who will win? Who would win more games? A healthy season, offense is fine, defense is stand. I still think there's so much more upside to Drew Lock. I do too. But by Teddy Bridgewater, when he before he got hurt in Minnesota, I thought they'd found their quarterback. I was convinced they had found their quarterback. This is the guy, Vikings fans. You are about to go on a run here. I honestly thought that. Yeah, I did. I thought he was good. I. I didn't know if he was going to be great. He was going to be solid, mm-hmm. which for Minnesota, they've had solid quarterback. I think Kirk play. Cousins is. He's solid. I think he is. he is. I don't think he's the reason that this team has had the um, lack of advancement in the playoff. I mean, Case Keenum, look how far he took him. Case Keenum. There is something to, though, Kirk Cousins, because every year, even going back to his days in Washington, you looked at the numbers, they're great. Uh huh. But then... As I watch him a lot more, 
Didn't watch him as much in Washington. Watch him pretty much mm-hmm. every week now. The knock on him is when the play breaks down. Sure. He's not a guy mm-hmm. that... And he's athletic. I mean, he can move around. Now, well, he's had to because the offensive line has been so horrible. But he is not a stiff back there. He's not a statue. He's got a no, little movement to you. him. But even with that, you're right. Getting into that third and fourth read, ad-libbing a little bit, mm-hmm. not a strength of his. Can he win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? Yes. Do you have to be... Do you have to have a top five defense to go along? Yes, with they do, and I'm okay. not sure that they do. I don't think they do. No, I mean I I love their skill guys. I think uh, Dalvin Cook, as long as he can stay healthy, look at the year Jefferson had last year. Yes, he, he was out of his mind. I think Adam Thielen still got some tread left on those tires. Mm-hmm. Get back um, healthy for this year, you would assume. Sure, Irv Smith, it's your time at the tight end mm-hmm. spot. I mean that's why they drafted you. So go out and uh, and live up to that. Um, the the offensive line. They used their first round pick. By the way, did you hear that the, the the story that came out this weekend? They were the team that was trying to move up to eight and get Carolina's pick. Do you know why? To get Justin Fields. To get Justin Fields. Yes, that that had uh, that had been bandied about a few weeks back too about that. Yeah, makes sense. But, I think you guys have something there, Trent. I do. I'm excited. He played hurt in the championship game. Yes. He played his you know what off in the Clemson game. Um I, I think I think Bears I think the Bears have a quarterback. I think now, so I'm not too. say this year. Yeah. I mean it, it takes a while normally, right? Keep going back to the, I think well, John Elway lined up under the right guard for crying out loud. He was so shook up that he lined up under right guard in his first NFL start. Over the weekend, did you see the Athletic had a piece on the Ursay family? The the Elway thing. No, that popped I didn't read mind. it. You know, did, it's a really interesting read. Is, did, did, I'm glad you brought this up. Did you come away with a different opinion of him? Yes, as, he's pretty philanthropic, isn't he? Oh, there's no doubt. He's got seemingly got a big heart. Now I know didn't he have substance abuse problems? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and and Pills. is that is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And and is that why we have a I don't know maybe not the the viewpoint that we should when the stories that I've read and it wasn't in the athletic, this is a guy that's um I, I think his heart's in the right place. I think his heart's in the right place. I'll have to read that at the athletic. Uh, we will uh, get our buddy Scott Dockman, by the way, from the athletic back. He will join us next week once he comes back from vacation. I right, want to hit the music. We want to go right to him. Let's go right to him. He's David Kaplan. He joins the program from Guaranteed Rate Field. So did they make you a star, Cappy? Yeah, we had to do a like a thing for uh, Tito's handmade vodka, right. and so it was about a story about your experience as a Chicago sports fan. So I did the thing, and we got it done in one take because I texted you. I might be a little late. Can right. we move me? Bam! One take. They're like, "Well, that, that was good enough. We're good." So beautiful, ready to go. At a boy. Well, Kaplan, before we get into the here and now and last night, and these Cubs continue to amaze, first place month of June. Uh, I want to go back to your uh, was it last Wednesday? I think you were have you were uh, the Joe West kind of get together after he set the record. I know Mark Eaton was there, and uh, I mean what happened a couple of days later there. Uh, so so just kind of sh- share your experience with the with the night as Joe West celebrated the milestone that he achieved. Okay, so I've interviewed Joe in studio. I've had him on my radio show. He's a wonderfully nice man. Now, I know he's a hot-button guy for a lot of baseball fans. They don't like him for whatever reason. But 
Jesse Rogers from our station, our baseball insider, and I go to the Joe West party. We walk in, and I mean, we don't get two steps in, and there is Joe. Oh, guys, hello, great, thanks for coming. He's showing us the uh, special chest protector. It was gold and black, in, uh, engraved Joe West, the record-setting number of games he worked, all of that, uh, made by Wilson. And so he shows us all this. And he says, hey, Jesse, you've got to go back and see Rita. That's Joe's wife. And so we walk back there. She pulls out this crumpled napkin. I'm not exaggerating one bit. Crumpled napkin. Jesse's standing across from her. I'm next to her. I see what's on the napkin. I look at Jesse like, oh, God, here we go. All it says on it is ESPN Chicago, Waddle, Sylvie. And I know Sylvie's been killing this poor guy all afternoon on the radio. She goes off. Who in the blank is Waddle and Sylvie? I'm so upset on Joe's big day. Who are these two? And she she has everything Sylvie said to a T. He said he's overrated. He's fat. He's this. He's that. She was furious. It was one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen at this otherwise amazing night where there's Joey Crawford. He's the former NBA rep. Mm-hmm. There's the Oak Ridge Boys. There's Paul Krause of the Minnesota Vikings. There's Mark Eaton. There's Jim McMahon. There's Bruce Fremming. There's Mike Shit. Like, it was packed. Packed. And it was an amazing night. And I go up to Mark Eaton, who I had watched play against DePaul at the Rosemont Horizon, now known as Allstate Arena. I, I walked up to him, and I said, excuse me, did you go to Westminster High School? He looked at me. Yeah. I said, you go to Cypress Junior College? Yeah. You played at UCLA. How the heck do you remember all that? I said, I was a basketball coach. I was at the game when you were here to play DePaul with UCLA. Larry Brown was your head coach, and you lost 93-77. to 77. He said, that's 41 years ago. How do you remember all that? I said, I got a photographic memory, and I'm really kind of a weird guy. He got to know me. I'm a little nuts. And we started laughing, and he tells us that after DePaul beat the living daylights out of them, Larry Brown took them to Lowry's, the prime rib in downtown mm-hmm. Chicago. He said, and Ray Meyer showed up just to wish them good luck, sign autographs, take pictures. He's a Hall of Famer. He says, one of the great memories of my career, Ray Meyer speaking to me, taking a picture with me. And I wanted to ask Mark Eaton for a picture. I did. I'm that guy who just, you're in my studio, it's different. At a party, right. I just won't do it. I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. And I got home that night. I said to my wife, I should have asked for a picture. She's like, why wouldn't you? Everyone else was. I didn't want to be that guy. And two days later, he drops dead. And I, I can't get it out of my head. It really, really has bothered me. Not that I didn't get the picture. Right. That that man was laughing, enjoying life. And two days later, he was gone. And it's just... Shows you how fragile life is. Indeed. Uh, he got hit by, he was on a bike, right? Did he, was it a, a, a car hit him? How, what happened, Cap? Do you know? No, what, what we're hearing is they haven't said a lot, but what people close to it have told me was they think he had a heart attack, oh, wow. fell off his bike, and was laying on the ground. Jeez. Brutal. Brutal.
Yeah, indeed. Unbelievable. Let's get to the here and now, Cap. Um, we just continue to be amazed night after night at somebody that we don't even know or know very little of. This Patrick Wisdom story, right? Uh, and what he's doing, he's not only, I mean, he's hit the ball hard. Uh, three of them have left ballparks. And he's just the latest of these guys, Cap. Seemingly every week we, we talk about these you know, guys that didn't break the bank, the Eric Sogards, uh, the, the, those type of players. And here's the latest. Kim on Monday comes out uh, and, and pitches, or, uh, pitches his you-know-what-off. Uh, not Kim. Uh, uh, Stewart, rather. Um, he, was, he was terrific. Well, how are they doing this, Cap? Where are they finding these guys? And what are they doing to make them look like they should be on a major league, uh, major league roster? Well, let's not forget... And you saw him there in Iowa. Cole Stewart was the fourth overall pick in the draft in 2013. And it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. And sometimes guys need a fresh start. He missed all last year with opting out because of COVID and fresh start. I'm not telling you he's going to be the ace of the team. He may not ever pitch for us again. But on that night, they handed this guy, this once prized prospect, the ball. And he delivered three hits over five innings, one run, and the Cubs beat the San Diego Padres, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. And then you mentioned Patrick Wisdom, and this guy's always had some sock in his bat, but you know, never was he a 4A outfield. He's taken this opportunity. They played him a third yesterday. He looked like a gold glover on a little roller where he came in, reached for it across his body, nailed the guy first. Um all these guys in the bullpen, from Ryan Tapera to Nance, to, you name all these guys. Like, Kimbrell came in with a pedigree. He struggled, now right. he's great. But some of these guys, you're like, Ryan Tapera, right. Nance, Justin Steele up out of the system. Like, all these guys have done their, Andrew Chafin, they've done the job. God bless them. Contreras hits the bomb. It has a little something to say to Caratini there, awesome. too. Um, fill us in a little bit. That relationship, and was it just a good-natured dab between uh, former teammates or a little something extra there? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure it was to Caratini. There are some mm. that believe it was. I think it might have been to the umpire who he, oh. Wilson, was none too pleased with one of the strikes they called on him. So I think that might have been a little shot at the ump. But if it was at the ump, why didn't he eject him right there? Uh-huh. Most guys don't take being shown up on a home run ball. So I don't know. I'm waiting to hear if Wilson says something earlier to, before the game today to figure out exactly what was going on. If not... I get to interview him. I'm going to ask him that question. Hmm. Yeah, Caratini, top of the inning. He parks one in the seats and then Contreras. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was just having uh, coming back at your teammate who was just homered. You know, speaking of Caratini, Cap, um, Contreras really doesn't have a, a backup, right? Caratini was, I think, an underrated part of that team. He's not an all-star, but, you know, he's been thrust into everyday duty in San Diego, and I don't think he's hurting the team. But they don't have a Caratini on this roster. It's uh, It takes 162 games. Uh, I mean, ask Salvi Perez what that does behind the plates, all the innings that he caught. Contreras going to have a heavy workload. Is he ready for that? Do they have to bring in somebody uh, that can give him a spell that's actually got a Major League pedigree? Um, I think he's okay. They feel like Austin Romine can do you know, the lion's share of the backup work. 
They have a couple prospects in the system. I know Miguel Amaya is one of their better prospects, but he's obviously not ready or he'd be here. So I think he's going to be all right. And this guy is really, his fire, his competitiveness, the passion that he exudes really carries over in that clubhouse. He's loved by his teammates. So I think he'll be okay. You know, we've talked about this Cubs team, how it's come together where the credit is. And you can go a multitude of different ways from, of course, the manager, the front office staff, finding these guys and putting it together, pitching coach, wherever you want to go, they all deserve some credit. Who would you give the most credit to how this Cubs team is playing at this level? i got to give it to the players. I mean, they're playing, as Anthony Rizzo told me again yesterday on the radio, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder Mm. because they believe Management had a grand plan, let this team scuffle, which they were. They were in last place, you know, in April. And I'm not talking about like two days into the season. I'm talking about mid to late April, they were the worst team. In fact, turning toward May, they were the worst team in the division. They were behind the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I think managers were like, all right, let's get through another month like this, and then we can start selling off parts. And all of a sudden, it's. I truly believe – they are living the movie Major League. Every time we win, we peel a section. <laughs> and that they have, whether it's Theo, who's no longer there, whether it's Tom Ricketts, they have that mentality. Oh, you guys have a plan to not pay any of us and trade us away? Well, guess what? Stick your plan, because here's our plan. And they are having a ton of fun. They are enjoying playing together, and they want to make it exceedingly difficult for Jed Hoyer to blow this thing up. Uh, White Sox in a second, Cap. Just one more on, on the Cubs. Uh, what, what's the level of concern with Jake Arrieta? I know that um, you know he struggled, but he was able to get through, I think, five the other day. He, does, he doesn't look like the same guy that left. What's the level of concern with him? I don't think they expected him to be the same guy that left. He wasn't great in Philadelphia. He's still in awesome shape. He's aged. He doesn't have, you know, a 95 to 97 mile an hour heater to blow you away. There's a lot of pitches in that arm, and he's okay. He's a journeyman pitcher now. He's never going to be that guy from 15 and 16 and even most of 17. He's just never going to be that guy. He's good. He'll have good starts, and then he'll have days where you're like, he can't command anything. So he is what he is. He's not a number one. He's not a number two. To the south side. The White Sox in first place. The Indians cut into that yesterday. And Dylan Cease, Cap, I've never been a Dylan Cease fan. Uh, too inconsistent for my liking. I finally bet on him last night against Bieber. Took the plus money. And Dylan Cease, bad Dylan Cease, showed up again. His inconsistency, that's got to drive White Sox fans nuts. Yeah, and I think it drives the team nuts. Because it's almost like we know he's got great stuff. He doesn't know he's got great stuff. I'm tired of watching a guy who can literally run it up there at 101 with a nose-to-toes breaking ball, and guess what? He nibbles. Nibble on the corner. Nibble here. Throw it in the dirt. Throw it down the frickin' middle and go, you can hit 101, go get him, big guy. He just doesn't do that. Why he doesn't do that, I can't figure it out. You know, he pitched lousy against the Yankees, against Garrett Cole. 
and then he pitched really well against an awful Baltimore Orioles team, and then he was lousy against the Cleveland Indians and Shane Bieber. So at some point, he's got to harness what he's been given and become a pitcher, not a thrower. Hmm. Uh, Cappy, the Justin Fields era began yesterday, and a lot of comparisons. Well, they look better than Dalton. It's, 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 the battle is on. Uh, Bears early reports. What are you hearing, Cap? Uh, they're going to give him every chance to win this job, but Matt is not going to de- Matt Nagy. That is going to deviate from his plan. Hey, man, we're going to put you in some different situations. Let's see how you handle them. And I've got Andy Dalton penciled in right now as a starter. You want to force my hand and change my mind? Show me. Because Matt said he was on with us on the radio, and he said to my partner, Jonathan Hood, when Jonathan said, well, what do you have to see? He goes, I'll tell you what i got to see. i got to see, can you call play from the huddle, come to the line, call out the Mike linebacker and go cover three, cover three, and all of a sudden that linebacker drops out of that spot. Can you recognize, did they go from cover three to cover two? Did they go to man-to-man? Uh, wait a minute, now there's that guy's not the Mike linebacker. Maybe that guy's the, And do it all within two seconds and make sure that everyone on your side understands the play call. He said Patrick Mahomes couldn't do that as a rookie. That's why he didn't play. If Justin can do all that, we absolutely will let him compete for the job. Cap, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it. No, you cut me off. All right, we'll talk next week. (laughs) Headed to Vegas tomorrow. Uh, Good luck. Where are you staying again? The win. Nice. Nice for you. Enjoy, Cap. You're going to have a blast, my friend. You got it. See you, buddy. Be good. Good to talk to David Kaplan. Uh, joining us from Chicago, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Centurion Stone of Iowa, if you're in the market for manufactured or natural stone looking to update uh, your exterior accent, your exterior or your interior project, any size. Centurion Stone of Iowa has over 200 color and pattern, uh, color and pattern combinations available. Centurion Stone of Iowa. We encourage you to check them out online. We really give you the push to get to the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in the Moines Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our weekly visit with David Kaplan. Matt Poston's opines on the Big 12 next when we come back on 1460 KX and Owen 106 Media. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and O. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KX and O. Welcome back. iHeart stations across the country are reminding our listeners that we can do this. For Iowans, it may mean getting back to watch your favorite sports, play your favorite sports, festivals, shows. We just talked about the farmer's markets that are underway. So much underway as we seek to get back to normal. We can do this if you are inclined and if you haven't done it yet. You want to find out the nearest COVID vaccine center nearest you, visit vaccines.gov, vaccines.gov to find a COVID-19 vaccine near you. Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports, who wears a lot of hats, covers not only the Big 12, works on the Cowboys, works on those Mavericks. Let's start there real quick with you, Matt Postens. As always, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, what's the... Um, 
likelihood that Doncic is anywhere close to 100% for tomorrow and then going forward in this series that is tied at two apiece? Well, I, I think it's um, it's interesting. I think they got a they got an extra day off, which I think helped. And, and Doncic said on Monday that he was already starting to feel a lot better after Game Four on Sunday night. Um, you know, he's going to play unless you know his unless something really serious happens. He's going to play tonight in Game Five, and you know I think his effectiveness is really going to be based upon how much he's been able to recover. Um he's proven to be a pretty resilient player uh in the few years he's been in the league. Uh the the few injuries that he's had, you know, he's been able to bounce back pretty quick. So, you know, I suspect he'll play. I suspect he'll have a good game, but um you know, he needs some help from the guys around him and he's gotten, you know, pretty consistent help from Tim Hardaway Jr. and a couple of other players. Uh but this would be a really good night for Kristaps uh, Porzingis to step up and have a really big game. Mm. I'll say. Yeah, need that. And boy, that guy feels like at times he's checked out. The other times he's engaged, he's really good. But Game 5, we uh, talked earlier today how important they are. You win Game 5 in a 2-2 series, you win it 82.5% of the time the series. So a big one, pivotal one, uh, coming up with the Clips and the Mavs. To the Heartland College sports side of things, and as we talk Big 12 with you, Matt, I want to start at the bottom. Kansas. Lance Leopold comes in. The guy... Did a great job at Buffalo. Did an incredible job at UW-Whitewater. Now he's going to Kansas. We've seen coaches win there. Glenn Mason won there. Of course, the Orange Man won there. They've done it before. Lance Leopold. Is is it more difficult today than it was 15 years ago for Mangino? 30 years ago for Glenn Mason. Can you still win that way at Kansas football, the way it's currently constructed? I, I think it's probably more difficult because they everything's more magnified than I think it was 20, 30 years ago when a program is, is not performing where it had been previously. Uh, and when you look at all the coaching turnover that they've had the past 10 to 15 years since me and Gino departed, you know, the program just doesn't have a, a great reputation football-wise. Uh, they've had some good players you know, in these past 10, 15 years, but the, the program itself just hasn't had a good reputation. And if you look at what Leopold did at both Whitewater and at Buffalo, he, he built those programs methodically. He built them in a way in which they were, you know, built around good fundamental football. Um, they have a, he brought both of his coordinators with them. Uh, they run schemes that, you know, today's players like, uh, in terms of offense and defensive side of the football. They've already scored a few Buffalo transfers, uh, at, you know, in this mm. new era of quote unquote free agency football and college football. Um, some of those kids from Buffalo hit the portal, and they decided to follow uh, Leopold down to, to Kansas. And Buffalo was a good team last year, so that could help the Jayhawks immediately. Um, so, you know, I, I think he, I think what he needs is he needs time, and that's something that no Kansas coach has had since Mangino left. I think the longest tenure has been four years. I think Weiss lasted four, maybe maybe a little less than four. They just haven't given the coach enough time because they're just not getting any immediate success and. Let's be honest. Leopold's not going to have a lot of immediate success. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to invest in him and give him time to try and build that program in a way in which it can be a bowl contender every year. Don't think about 9, 10, 11 wins and going to an Orange Bowl. Think about getting to six wins, getting a bowl game, getting those 15 extra practices, and starting to build something that's more attractive to players 
uh, especially those who are in the transfer portal and looking for an opportunity to play immediately. Hmm. Of the uh, other teams that finished toward the bottom of the standings last year, below 500, K-State, Texas Tech, Baylor. Texas Tech brings in Oregon's quarterback, Tyler Shuck, who we saw play Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, K-State, 4-5 and five last year. Baylor, first-year coach. You got to think your two will go better for Aranda, Aranda, Aranda. Aranda. You get my point. Which of those three schools is going to maybe not challenge at the top, but have the biggest turnaround? Do you think? If I'm banking on one, I'm banking on Kansas State, just because I I think they have a good track record of not being down too long. Um, I think uh, you know getting uh, Skylar Thompson to come back big deal for them uh he could have uh you know he had the extra year of eligibility he's planning to use it i think that's a big deal for them uh they've got a a, they've got the great running back they've got a good defense you know chris Kleeman's already built something that is sustainable at kansas Mm -hmm. state uh it's really just a matter of you know i think uh, keeping their team healthy uh developing those younger players and, and they got an opportunity to do that last year and there's just a mindset at that program that they're not going to stay down too long. Uh, you know, Texas Tech right now with you know, the, the QB is going to help them, but as we've said for years, QB is not the problem at Texas Tech. Hmm. It's the defense. Their defense has to play better, uh, and they're still having these games where they score 50 points and they're giving up 55, and they're not going to be a sustainable program. Uh, if they can't correct that. And, you know, Matt Wells, to me, is the guy who's probably on the hottest seat in the conference right now because uh, Texas Tech is waiting for a team that can emulate those teams that Mike Leach had, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and they haven't gotten there yet. And I think that's kind of driving the alumni a little nuts there. Steve Sarkeesian. It just... He's getting some guys. He is. There's some kind of oddity. I can't put my finger into it. Now... I thought Tom Herman was going to be a home run higher, so maybe that oddity is a good thing here. Just your takeaway, now that we're months removed from the actual hiring, you're seeing what he's doing. Ultimately, how do you think this turns out? Well, he's doing exactly what Herman did when Herman arrived. Herman had a huge recruiting push when he first arrived at Texas a few years ago. He was landing a lot of really good commitments. He was generating a lot of energy, generating a lot of buzz. A lot of the same things that Sarkeesian has generated the last six months. Now the question is, can you do it on the field? And and I keep reminding folks, Sarkeesian's track record as a head coach is good, but it's not great. You know, uh, he's never won a conference championship. I think he may have won one division championship in the Pac-12. So um, I'm kind of in that mode of I need to see it. I need to see you win. 10 games at Texas, and that may not happen this year. It may happen next year or the following year. I think if you're you're gathering talent and you're generating talent, that's going to help you get there. But I need to see it. I'm, I'm still – the jury's out for me. I, I think he's a talented recruiter. He's a talented offensive coordinator. I'm just not sure if he's a talented head coach yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and, you know, granted, at that time in his life, there were other issues off the field that were – perhaps contributing to his lack of success on the field, and those issues have been corrected. Yep. So maybe that clears the path for him to be more successful at Texas. 
but I'm still kind of in that I need to see it mode before I, I buy in totally that he's the right guy. Hmm. Matt, we got like a minute left. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports is our guest. Uh, will Heartland College Sports line up seemingly like most of the uh, uh, most publications, most of the websites that follow college football? That it's Oklahoma and Iowa State, one of those two schools that will come out uh, with the uh, championship this year. Is there anybody else that you guys think may sneak in, or will it be those two on the top of your list at Heartland College Sports? Um, you know, I can't speak for the rest of the staff, but for me, yeah, OU and Iowa State would be the two teams that I would look at. Um, I, I feel like with almost everybody else in the conference, there's just there's too many question marks, especially at the quarterback position. You know, when you think about Texas, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be yet. When we think about TCU, uh, they've got their starter coming back, but how much of a jump is he going to make mm-hmm. next year uh, in 2021? Um, when you think about Baylor, they lost Charlie Brewer. When you think about uh, West Virginia, uh, they might be the team that could sneak in and kind of needle one of these two teams. I, I really like what Neil Brown's doing at West Virginia. Um, you know, just I, they lost a lot on the defensive side of the football uh, from last year. So that's what worries me there. But yeah, I, I would say when we start working on our stuff and, and we're already starting to work on it because media days is in about a month, yeah. uh, Oklahoma and Iowa state will be on the top of our list. Matt Poston's Heartland college sports, Matt. Thank you. We look forward to catching up with you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. All right. You bet. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland college sports, um, West Virginia for you is West Virginia. Where are their odds? By the way, I've got this in front of me. They are, uh, they're the fifth choice. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, then West Virginia. And the print's too small or I would read it. <laughs> <laughs> I got, got you there at the small print, huh? Yeah. Got to get those cheaters out. Those 62-year-old eyes aren't what they used to be. Miller and Condon back with our final segment. It's 1460 KXNO106. All right, welcome back. Final few minutes here of a uh, Wednesday edition. Miller Condon again. Thanks to Centurion Stone of Iowa for making uh, David Kaplan possible. CenturionStoneofIowa.com. All right, Trent, your play of the day. You're licking your wounds a little bit after uh, after yesterday. Look, it happens, right? It happens yeah. to everybody. Uh, I thought you were going to win the White Sox, your White Sox play. I thought they got they got to Bieber a little bit early. Yep. They banged him around. Mm-hmm. It was the guy that I absolutely hate, Dylan Cease. And for the first time this year, I actually him. backed him. Right. And he was terrible. He was nothing short of terrible again. Yes, he throws 98 consistently. 98 with a, not a whole lot of movement. Mm-hmm. And when he's not hitting his spots, well, even a bad Indians team can get to him. So that was a frustrating one. Lakers, we talked about this earlier. That one, two minutes into the game, I really thought I was home free. Getting five and a half. This, LeBron is engaged. Here we go. He is bringing everything to this game. He knows they need this one. And then, well. The collapse. Was it Was it a 24 to 1 run? Uh, it was It was massive. They were down 26 with three minutes left in the first. I don't remember what it was. Math's, math's difficult at that time of night. Oh, for man. Me. But yeah, it was uh, it was a blowout, uh, Trent. And um, I, again, just I think it's just a bad look, leaving the floor the way he did. Yeah. Leaving his team behind. You're the leader of that team. Uh, the the uh, enablers. Oh, he's going to get ice on his ankle in preparation for the next game, please. Five minutes would have made that big of a difference. It's your team, for crying out loud. What does the captain do? He goes down with the ship, LeBron James. That's your squad. All 
All right, Trent, let's get into tonight. We've got a, a couple of games on uh, on ice. We've got a little NBA action tonight for you to try and bounce back. It's a big slate of games. Mm-hmm. Do you have one that you like more? Does um, Doncic is what did I hear? Eighty percent. I mean, he's clearly not. Uh, he's he's clearly not a hundred percent. You can right. tell. What's uh, what are the Sixers going to be like without Embiid? Dot dot dot. Where are you going? I'm going to play a round robin tonight again, as I have on our Bet Rivers contest in the NBA. So I'm going to play. Explain to the folks what a round robin is. That, that, that's good point. So this is taking a number of games, three or more. And you're parlaying them. But instead of just one single, say, we're tonight, four games, four-team parlay. Instead of just a four-team parlay and one of those legs doesn't hit, you lose everything, you're betting it every way. You're betting two ways, three different ways. Two parlays, two-team parlays, excuse me, that different ways. You're also doing three-teamers, and then, of course, at the end, the four-teamer. So ultimately, you are making, instead of one four-team parlay, you're making 11 bets here. So if you normally say bet $10. You don't want to bet $10 here because you're actually making that many wagers. That's one thing you got to realize. Bring it down a little bit as it pertains to how much you're betting on. So I will do that tonight. The Knicks are my favorite leg. I think MSG tonight is going to be incredible. They're on the Atlanta is the better team. I think environment-wise, this is going to be maybe as good as we have seen in the NBA playoffs. So I like the Knicks on that one. Memphis, that's a lot of points. Nine and a half I'm going to grab those with Memphis, even though that hasn't gone well. You mentioned Luka. I like the Mavericks. That is, uh, I'm going to be on their side tonight getting the seven. And finish up, this is maybe the most difficult one for me with Joel Embiid, his importance in this game for the Sixers. The Wizards, Russ will do his thing. Ultimately, I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to lay the points with the Sixers. So and hope I, Ben Simmons doesn't have to go to the free throw line. Right, right. I don't think it's going to come down to that. So it's 76ers, Nets, uh, Knicks, excuse me, Grizzlies, and the Mavericks, a four-teamer altogether round robin. It turns out to be eleven different bets, and uh, well, we will grade it tomorrow and see if we're on the plus side ultimately. So, no baseball, no puck for you tonight. You're all about the NBA hoops. You've got um, a busy night ahead of you, right? Yes, high school baseball coming up this evening. It'll start at five o'clock on CISN TV. I will have the video call of that one as Mason City comes to town. That's a team that beat Valley last year. In the sub-state semifinal, a little bad blood I've heard between the two teams. Never hurts. Uh, Yes, so uh, maybe a little intrigue there. 7 o'clock game two, we'll have that one also here on KXNO with the play-by-play. My Valley Tigers, they split yesterday at Principal Park. They've already played seven games. A week into the season, they've already got seven under the belt as Valley checks in at four and three with Mason City coming to town. And, uh, it continues just a busy, busy time of high school sports as we put a conclusion to the soccer season. That's wrapping up right now. Next week is the girls tournament. This week, the boys tournament, softball, baseball underway. Great time, no doubt. And then state championships, catch your breath for a couple of weeks and boom, right into high school football. Uh, absolutely. Uh, as the cycle seemingly never, never ends. <laughs> and we're grateful uh, for that. Who are you working with tonight? Uh, Rush Nugget was scheduled to be with me. Rush is not going to be able to make it, though. So I'll be doing a solo call this evening. In fact, now that you say that, maybe I need to reach out to a few of the compadres we've talked about, see if anybody's available this evening. If not, 
I'll have some fun with it. All right, Trent Condon, uh, good stuff. Uh, we will be uh, listening in, uh, tonight to Valley Tiger on the radio at 7 o'clock. Uh, the first game, 5 o'clock, did you say? 5 o'clock, yes. Gotcha. Uh, and you can see, you can watch that one on CISN. We're back tomorrow uh, at, uh, at 10 o'clock, where we always are, but in just an hour and five minutes. Murph and Andy coming your way. Of course, the Fanatics are in here. Hawk Central tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. And another day of local programming begins tomorrow. That's at 6 a.m. The Morning Rush kicks things off. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.